Welcome to Life Beyond the Summit, a faith journey podcast for men. Good morning. Uh, this is your host, Steve Crowdis, to the Life Beyond the Summit podcast. And we're continuing on the discussion we had last time. I'm in the studio with Andrew Platts. And we'll say good morning to Andrew. Hello, Andrew. Hello, everybody. I'm here. Hey, we're here. So um, last time, I w- I'll tell you, we felt like we got into a topic that um, has got to continue uh, for a season because I think we're onto something in terms of struggles and the cares of this world and the things that we all sort of battle with. So, um, Andrew, do you have any initial thoughts yeah, so here? Yes, we thought about, you know, stay on this topic. And the last podcast, Steve asked me, you know, what, what, what were your cares at? every day. And so I'm going to ask Steve, give him a chance to respond. And, and Steve, if you think about your, your, your daily walk through this life, what, what are the cures and the struggles that you have that predominantly keep popping up? Uh, can you share that? With sure. Audience? Yeah, you know, and one of the things I want to say too, is I know in the last podcast and even the first uh, several podcasts, Andrew and I uh, were both pretty high energy and, and easily excited about things. We'd ne- we would never want to come off as though we fully arrived and we have all the answers. But I think one of the reasons that I felt like the Lord was speaking to me about doing this podcast in general was because life is hard. I recognize that. And I, I had a pastor say to me once, um, do you have the want to to want to? And I would tell you, I have the want to to want to. And I, I feel like um, if I were to describe myself, I would say I'm in the trenches with all of us. I'm I'm. In, in similar circumstances and situations that we all find ourselves. And I'm willing to lock arms with other men and get through this battle, win the battle on the other side, come out on the side of victory in Christ. So anyway, to your question specifically, Andrew, so what Andrew's asking and what we're talking about here is, do we struggle? We don't want to, again, sound like we've arrived. Um, yeah, I struggle. I mean, I, I wake up in the morning and the things that hit me, you know, Andrew, of course, you um, I'm, I'm self-employed like Andrew is, and that always represents um, a bit of an anxiety, you know, something to think about. If I don't, if I don't uh, close a sale and or win an order, then I don't eat because I'm, you know, when you're well, self-employed. in the public what, uh, what you do for Yeah, I'm a, I'm a custom home building and remodeling contractor. So if I don't close a sale for a room addition or a new kitchen or a bathroom or a remodeling project in general, or even a new home or, or whatever it may be, uh, I don't, there's no provision unless I do that because I'm self-employed. So I'm 100% commissioned is another way to look at it. So um, that is always a concern. The amount of effort that goes into putting together a proposal. You know, when I sit down with a customer for the first time, I have this utter and complete optimism. I'm going to get this this sale. I'm going to receive this order. I'm going to win this business. And I that's me. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that's always what's in my best interest. And I don't land every contract that I put out there. I don't land every bid. And so I have to deal with the, with the, the, the postpartum, as it were, to what it feels like to lose a piece of business. And during COVID, this was particularly hard for me, to be honest about it. During the last year, my business has been off substantially because I had a number of proposals that were in place that for various reasons um, went away and mostly related to COVID and, and maybe some uh, an objection to going forward at this point, given the uncertainty that lies ahead of us as an economy. Um, and so what do I do with that? Well, I mean, that's hard. It's challenging. Now, one, one of the things that I have done, a natural go-to for me, to be really honest about, is food. I mean, I like to eat, and um, 
And, you know, we all know, we're all familiar with the food, the effect that food has on us biologically, psych, psychologically, physiologically. All the above are potentially hazardous. The the uh, the end point or the end game for those are hazardous. So, what I tend to do is, you know, sit down with a bag of chips or with ice cream. I'm fortunate as can be to not really care for alcohol, and I do not smoke. Um, so I'm I'm thankful that 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 uh, you know those sorts of vices are not vices for me, but food is. And and the tendency for me is to scarf, you know, to just eat everything in in, in front of me. So that has been particular. In fact, this last year I've gained weight. You well, might, no, yeah, but you called me last night and you were talking about. I got to shake got, this. You got, you got to get this thing under control because uh, you don't like the way you feel. You don't want like the way you look. No, that's exactly and potentially right. Potentially, it could cause a disease in your life. Yeah. In fact, my doctor, I, I am considered obese. Of course, we all know that are listening to this. This is a, a certainly a, a, a pandemic, as it were, in the United States. You know, they say the United States is one of the most overweight nations in the world, and it's primarily because of our prosperity. So we've we've converted that prosperity to feel good. Everything feels good, and we like food in this country. So, but um, so that's my go-to. But it does rattle my cage. My doctor has said to me that I'm I'm on the verge of of uh, diabetes if I don't get this under control, and he has said you need to walk. And you need to get exercise, join a gym. And then he's talked about reducing my intake. Well, all those things are easy to digest mentally, but they're hard to do physically. They're hard to do in reality. So <clears throat> on a practical basis, <clears throat> pardon me, um, <clears throat> pardon me. So what I do with that, well, I'm <clears throat> here, I'll take over. Yeah, so take I, over a minute. Yeah, Steve takes a drink of water. So... There's a okay, so we we're not here to talk about being overweight. Everybody has a struggle of being overweight, but I do know I've known Steve for 20 years, and he's had slumps in his business. So that's been a care that he that he deals with, and now he's that and 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 things have picked up recently. But he's also um, just just last night. This has been a recurring theme in our in our friendship. He's got to deal with this weight thing. So so in general. You know, when you have, and there's, I'm, I'm, there's a lot of other cares he's got. I mean, oh, yeah, I sure. probably tell you 10 right now. You know, and he's had relationship issues with certain people. Um, and he's had, you know, uh, problems with certain people. And they've had problems with him. And I think we all go through that in our, in our experience. We can't be friends with everybody. But um, so let me, I'm going to do a little bit of the interviewing here. See, yeah, how sure. do you do, <clears throat> let me get back to this, the food thing in a minute. Give the audience an idea. So remember, we talked about how the word is the authority. Right. If we're not feeling it, we're not seeing the results. If if nothing in the natural looks like it's it's lining up with the word, it doesn't matter. The word's the authority. That's exactly. So right. how does yeah. Steve deal with all of these things that are popping? Well, up? it's funny. Now uh, this may not be unlike a lot of you, and I don't think this is something to be particularly proud of. But almost the first thing I do is call a friend. <laughs> it's almost like that. It's almost like that program. I can't remember who wants to be a millionaire where you had lifelines. <laughs> and, and my go-to is to call my, Andrew, call another friend of mine, Mark, maybe call my brother or sister and kind of kind of work advice. it out. Yeah, get some advice on, in the natural. And I want to say that is okay, but obviously it's not the best. You remember in the last podcast, I talked about how I view 
my weaknesses as barometers of where I am not and need to move into. So I will tell you, as as easy it is as it is to call a friend, that's generally my natural, I'll use that word, quote unquote, natural go-to is to call a friend or a family member. Which actually is good advice. It's good to get a, to get a good It is good. Them. It is good, especially if you're calling friends that are godly. But a lot of times it, it won't solve the problem. No, that's right. And so my my secondary, in, in, and it really depends on the area. You know, obviously some areas are easier for me to go right to the Lord with. I don't know. It just is the way it is for me. But other areas where I feel like, oh, well, wait a minute, let me back up. Let me tell you why that's the case. The, the, the tough ones, and I think this is true for everybody listening to this podcast, the tough issues in our life where we feel an ongoing sense of failure, what happens is, I believe, our faith gets built up in the fail side of what's happening in our lives. And therefore, it's harder for us to go to the Lord because we feel like we've maybe given it to him before and it's been non-productive. So now we go to third-party counsel. Does that make sense? And I will tell you, I'm just being gut-level honest about this. I have spent a lot of time praying about this weight thing, and it's and it's not working for me. So, wow, what this is a very practical thing to talk about because I know there are many of us listening, many that are listening to this podcast that potentially would say the same thing. I don't know how to wrestle with the answer that doesn't seem right. And so... But I got to tell you something here, folks. Remember what I in the last podcast, and and you'll hear this theme recurring because it's who we are as believers. Faith is the evidence of things that are hoped for. It is a conviction about things that are not seen. So that's faith. Now the question is when when we when our faith is in what is seen, we grow weary because we don't see the results we're looking for. So. Where I'm wanting to move in these more difficult and challenging things, where my initial go-to is not the Lord, I'm wanting to move to a greater trust and faith and hope in the Lord. And then I have to be willing to do the exercise of, and I don't, pardon the use of that word, but I'll use it, the exercise of the discipline that it requires to begin to act on that faith belief. In other words, if I go to the Lord and I give him this weight thing and I say, Lord, I'm struggling with this weight. Well, guess what? I have hands and feet. I have a mind, a will, and emotions. I have the ability to make choices. I have to allow my life experience to align itself with that prayer request. In other words, I'm asking for God to give me the strength to say no is really what it amounts to. To say no to the food, to say no to the addiction, to say no to the overeating, to say no to another this, that, or the next thing, and to say yes to taking a walk, going to the gym. In other words, I think that our faith has to take, has to grow feet. And the, the feet are the practical application of our role in fulfilling our desire to grow closer to him and experience the abundant life that he has for us. Does that make sense? Now, it's it's easy to do in some categories. It's easier for me to do than in others. I think the, the decisions that are purely mental are actually easier for me to apply that a principle to than the ones that involve, involve biomechanics. In other words, we all know that food has a lot of, a lot of uh, complicated interactive, um, um, uh, you know, workings. workings with our body. And, and we also know that the food is working against us. Well, the producers are working against us because we all know 
that that foods are coated with, injected with, and covered with things that will drive us toward more of the a purchase of the same. And so it's all about driving revenue for the producers of food in this country, right? I mean, or did you? No, want to... I agree. I mean, it's it's we, we, we have to all admit there's all kinds of bioengineering. There's all kinds of bioengineering. We're, we're digressing a little bit. Here. Well, not not really. But 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 let me say this, Steve. Beyond the food, yeah, yeah. beyond the food. Okay, you shared with me. I actually asked you a few weeks ago. I said, you know, how do you spend your day? You know, what are you what are you doing? Oh yeah, well, here... I believe you're a man of faith. We talk about the word. You know, we go back to the word all the time in our own conversations. I talk to them quite often. And we're always kind of bantering yeah. back and forth about, you know, scriptures and stuff. So, you know, give the audience an idea of, of how, how, how do you build your faith. Look like. okay, so, so, so if you're to combat the anxiety, the fears, the worries, the cares, yeah. what do you, how do you, okay, how do you yeah, let me, let me, so let me digress one second and simply say this. The point in talking about my weight and talking about other issues is that. Andrew and I certainly I am no different than anybody on this on the on the this listening to this podcast. Um, uh, so that's the point to to emphasizing the issues that I have, the struggles that I have. Um, what I do, practically speaking, is um, Andrew and I, and I'm sure this is true for the listeners as well. We all have different ways of learning, different ways of of um, digesting information, different ways of studying, and so on and so forth. But here's what I do on a practical level. Um, I know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if I want to grow in my faith, if I want to go grow in any relationship, you know, it's relationship building is about two things, time and proximity. You got you got to be with somebody. You got to be in their presence and you've got to spend time with them. And if we're willing to do that, we'll we're able to build a relationship. And let me give you as an illustration of that before I go into the details of what I do on a daily basis. I think back on on high school friendships and and uh, it, you think about it. Any of us that are listening, the the formula for a relationship is the same. Uh, the closer relationships, they they both we connect and we're we're inspired by them, and those really are the ones that become the closest to us. But as long as we're connected to them on a regular basis, we will recognize. And I I think this is a great illustration. We will recognize their voice over the phone. Well, recently, we're, we're preparing for an anniversary. I couldn't even tell you. Let's say I graduated 76 from high school. So whatever that is um, in terms of the, the, uh, the annual. But we have an annual class reunion coming in October. And I received a call recently from somebody I was very, very, very close with in high school. And I did not remember or recognize their voice. And I said, keep talking. We've all been through this. I know listeners talk to lost friends. Facebook has been one of the greatest connectors of modern age to bring us all back together again from various walks of life. Get this call. Didn't recognize the voice. I mean, I could, I recognized it, but I couldn't pin it down. I said, keep talking, keep talking. Well, finally, they had to reveal themselves to me. And since then, I've had an ongoing dialogue with them as we prepare for the reunion. And the interesting thing is, now when they call, hey, immediately I recognize their voice. It hardly takes them them saying a word. And it's not because I'm I'm looking at the phone to see who I've saved as the caller. It's because their voice. I now have, have got it down. So the point I want to make is that that kind of speaks to the time and the proximity. If we're going to grow close to anyone, if we're going to build a relationship, we have to have at least those two components involved, time and proximity. And so getting back to my relationship with God, um, I have decided to get excited about my relationship with Jesus, to reignite, the, the to rekindle the flames that have been in the past. Uh, we talked about those in-between years, the gap years, whatever you want to call them. 
during those times, I truly what happened, and I think any of us on the call would agree, when you have these gap years, the in-between years, the distance years, when you don't feel that close to the Lord, it's really because you've allowed the cares to overcome your faith. That's right. It's, I mean, it's 100% true. You've allowed the cures to overcome your faith. And what happens is what happened to my friend. I talked about him last time on the podcast. The friend of mine who called and said, I'm feeling hopeless and outside of belief. And why was he feeling hopeless and outside of belief? Because he wasn't in a regular conversation, com- conversation, community with the Lord, uh, relationship with God through through the word or through prayer. And it grew, he grew distant. He began to put greater faith and hope and disappointment in the the disappointments of life. And that became larger than life to him. And that's what happens to all of us. When we grow distant, there's a a number of reasons, but among which are the inability to connect with the truth. The Bible says the truth, you'll know the truth and it will set you free. When we're not experiencing freedom, it's because we're not in his word. So anyway, I, I decided, I couldn't even tell you when exactly, but in the last, well, really in the last 10 years, I've gotten excited about a relationship with God again and and decided to invest time in him. So my daily routine is I go to bed, literally, I know the doctors all say it's not good to have your iPhone close to your head, but my iPhone is close enough to be able to hear the word. So I've, I've got the word coming into me. I happen to love David Jeremiah. I, I listen to him in the morning and I listen to it at night. When I go to bed, I go to bed with the word coming into my ear. When I wake, the word is coming into my ear. And then I get up and I get excited about spending time in the word. I love to write. I'm a big writer. Um, it's just a way to express myself. And actually, the writing I do is part of a podcast, uh, a uh, uh, blog. I haven't been so good about it in the last month because I've been busy with my business, but I want to get back after that. But I find that writing, it's a form of journaling. And, and the journaling I do is predominantly aimed at growing my faith but then I publish these writings and into the form of a blog. But moreover, after, when I wake up, I wake up 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning. I, I am waking up to David Jeremiah or one of the other teachers. And I'll either listen to the rest of that particular broadcast or I'll go down to our, our TV and watch a ministry. Then I get into the Word. I take my tablet out and I begin to write as I'm reading the Word and praying. So I kind of write, read, and pray at the same time. Now, there is no, Andrew mentioned last yeah, time, I'll just say there's this. no formula. There is absolutely no formula. No, there's no formula. The reason there's no formula is because we're not under the law. And let me ask you something. Do you have a formula for your own children? No, you love them. No, you love your kids. They come over, yeah. you spend time with them, the conversation goes here, goes there. In fact, none of our kids are the same. So, you know, yeah. in and any God case. doesn't want life to be a formula. So what I do is completely different than Steve. I mean, totally different. I go downstairs for 45 minutes to an hour and pace back and forth. And I yeah. pray, I read the word, I sing to the Lord. A lot of times I'll just pace speaking the scripture out. I mean, I know this sounds a little bizarre, but I'll no, it's great. I'll, I'll hone in on a scripture and I'll just continue to speak that scripture. I actually like to memorize scripture. Yeah. So I like to learn a scripture, memorize it so it can come off my tongue multiple times a day. I'll know it today, tomorrow, a week from now, maybe a year from now. So I'm not saying that's the right way of doing it. I don't think there is a right way of doing it. But going back to the proximity and the time, well, the proximity is, how would you say the proximity, God's in heaven, we're here. It's really time, isn't it? Explain the proximity part. To me, the the proximity, okay, so in the beginning was the word, the word was 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 with God. The Word was God. So yeah. when I when I get into the Bible, I believe that the Word is the the expressed written 
um, a demonstration of who God is. Yes. I mean, it's him. It's it's on paper. Yes, it was given to man. We won't get into that. That's a discussion that's deeply theological. But I put faith in the fact that the word is the written spoken, the written version of the spoken word of God. It so is, is it the heart of eyes? And your attention is right on the word. Yeah, my my eyes and so my attention are on the word. Feet of the word. Yeah, I'm right. It's right in front of me, and I read the word. But I, you know, the, the Bible says that where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So I, I think there isn't a one of us that that wouldn't agree that if we if we lay down any prejudice we have about anything, if we we lay down prejudging anything short of prejudging it, we can grow close to it, whatever it is. You can yes. you can discover and, and enjoy a likeness for anything if you give it your time and attention. And but you but in most cases you have to lay down whatever prejudgment you have about that. Like well, some like, like some people are okay. like bird watching. Well yeah. If you got into bird watching I mean on the surface I, I would say bird watcher. Yeah, I would say on the surface that does nothing for me. But if I would erase that doing nothing for me, I think I could probably acquire a likeness for bird watching. Right. You know, so the point is, a lot of people look at the word and they say, oh, gosh, you know, it's how many pages long is it, Andrew? I don't even know. A couple thousand? Is it a couple thousand? uh, overwhelming. Oh, yeah, it's overwhelming. And you can look at this, oh, this is so boring. You know, I mean, there's a lot of things you can say about it. But again, erasing prejudgment of what the word is, just saying, Lord, you know, I'm a believer. I love you. I'm struggling in some areas of my life. I want to know you more deeply. Well, just open the word and begin to read. A great place to begin is, of course, the bread of life, the book of John, which which speaks to who we are by faith and how we come to salvation. Well, a lot That's of people a, would say also the Psalms and, and the Psalms and the Proverbs. But, but what I want to encourage you to do is this. If you're going to take this task on of time and proximity, one, open your, clear, clear your mind of its thoughts, lay down the thoughts of the day, and that's what's so beautiful about doing this first thing in the morning, by the way. I think it's a beautiful thing that God gives us, you know, say 16 hours to operate and function, and that we absolutely need eight hours minimally to rest. It's amazing to me that we're we're run down that quick. But that eight-hour renewal, um, the Bible says his mercies are new every morning. And I, I find that when I wake up in the morning, I think there isn't a one of us that wouldn't agree. There's a freshness, a newness, a, a cleansing of our mind that occurs during our sleep. It is the time to fill your mind with the Word of God. So, well, yeah. I, and I'll tell you from personal experience that if you do, if you seek the Lord in the morning, I call it seeking the Lord. Seeking the Lord in the morning, um, it's just more effective. I think it's oh, yeah. more efficient. Yeah, I agree. It's it's better. Now, if you can't if you can't do in the morning because you know you're up late at night, or you you know you have to do in the afternoons, or you can't do it till you come home at work. I mean, there's no condemnation. Right. Seeking the Lord is seeking the Lord. Okay. God will Absolutely. want you regardless. But I will tell you from my experience, I think it's it's better. You get more out of it. Oh, Let's I put agree. It that way. You I just agree. get flat out more out of it just because the way our brain works. Also, your mind hasn't been completely distracted by all the cares of this world. And and remember, you know, if you if you go at it after work, let's just say after dinner at 730 at night, you've got all these things are rumbling through your head from what yeah. happened today. Yeah. And then what's but you wake up in the morning, you're kind of fresh. And the Bible actually speaks. To, I don't know the scripture. It talks about seeking him early in the, in the morning, early in the morning, while I rise up, early while I rise up, seek right. the. So it's good enough for, you know, King David, who is one of the greatest prophets the world's ever seen. 
should be good for us. But go ahead, Steve. Well, I'm just going to say again to to Andrew's comment, there's no formula, but I I will say this again to reiterate, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you have, um, if you, if you love God and, and you want a deeper relationship with him, the only way to get into a deeper relationship is to get to know him. Andrew and I have become such good friends because guess what? We've spent time and proximity. Those two, we've gotten around each other, and we've spent time. We've invested in each other. In our marriages, if we want a better marriage, we need time and proximity. Well, well how would you address a guy that says, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian for 30 years, uh, or I'm a Christian for 15 years, and it, it, I've tried it. It, it. It's not really all it's cracked up to be, and I don't know. It's just I, I like the Bible, but it's not, I don't, it's not, it hasn't worked. Well, I, I'll, I'll tell you that if it hasn't worked, you haven't given enough time. It's it just, it's, it's just, there's no way around the need to spend time with him. Um, you know, there's a scripture that says, taste and see that I am good. Well, and, and any of us have said to anyone, you know, you, if uh, somebody makes a dessert that's never been seen before, you got to try this. Well, you know, you're at a, you're at a gathering. And, oh, what is that? Well, it's such and such, you know, whatever it might be. And, and they say, oh, I've never heard of that before. Well, you got to try it. It's so good. Well, do you think you're going to have any experience with how good it is until you try it? You will not. And once you take that bite, once you take that, uh, you know, maybe you just take a little little teaspoon of it. Oh, my gosh, that's good. Can I have more? Well, this is, there's no way around the time and proximity thing for a relationship to develop. You, you just have to get after it. Now, all right, let me, but let me, let me say this, though. Let me say this. So I can hear people in the audience saying, well, so what you're saying to me is I need to spend time and proximity with the Lord. Yes. So yeah. what happens? What happens if I try that and it doesn't work or I'm not getting anything out of it? Well, I, I'm also reminded that that scripture that says that we have to believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So, you know, there, there are some things that you can push back against what I'm saying, but they're ineffective because at the end of the day, the truth is the truth. And the Bible says, you'll know the truth and it'll set you free. So there's just no way around it. The The, the, uh, the question for all of us is, again, wh- what does it look like for you? It's going to be personalized. It, it, Andrew brought up a very good point. Um, I have three um, stepchildren and two biological children by my wife. And my wife is the mother of all five. But I got to tell you, these five are all uniquely different. Uh, they really are uniquely different. About all they have in common, my two share my last name. The other three have the commonality of being around us and the fact that they're part of their mother. But that's about it. They're very uniquely different. If you if you pull each one of them aside, they ask questions of us as parents. How can they be this way or that way? It's funny. It's kind of funny. And you all know this if you're a parent. We're, we're challenged by, we're frustrated by, um, another one of my relatives said, sometimes all that keeps us together in terms of agreeing on anything is the fact that we're kin, we're blood related. Sometimes we look at each other like you're from, you know, you're from Mars and you're from Jupiter or whatever, Venus, Venus and <laughs> Mars. I mean, we can be in the same family and have vast differences in the way we think about things. So the point I'm making, of course, is this is how this works itself out is going to vary from personality and individual to individual. But there's still absolutely no way around the fact that you've got to spend time in his presence. And you say, well, what do you mean by in his presence? Because he's not physically here. Well, I got to tell you, 
it, 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 the, the Bible says he's near even in our mouth. I mean, the, the, the fact of the matter is when we speak the word, that, remember, the word is him. He is the word. In the beginning was the word, the word became flesh. So when we speak the word, we're speaking the very word, the very oracles of God. So it, it's going to vary from individual to individual. But if you want to grow in your faith, You've got to read the word. You've got to speak the word. Like like Andrew said, he prays the word. Well, that's powerful. I've, I've been going to a prayer meeting at a church uh, on Tuesday mornings, and a lot of the guys that get up to to lead part of the prayer time read right out of Colossians. They read the word as written by the Apostle Paul or whoever it may be that wrote the book. But they're praying the word of God over there and the body and the community's life. And the Bible says that the word will not return void. So the really, the cool thing is that this is life-giving. And and the only way to experience it is to get in it and do it. And it's boring. It can be boring. I mean, but well, remember this, this too. Way. You can read the word. Boring is probably. If you'll read the word with anticipation. Yeah, and, well, I and, must say, but sometimes I would read the word and I'll have a thought, I'm not getting anything out of this. I'm not getting anything out of this. And I'll go back to the word again, and I'll say, you know, I just feel like I'm reading letters on a page. Right. But out of the blue, unexpectedly, something will jump out of the word, and it'll go right to, from my spirit right oh, to my yeah, brain. I'll yeah. have one of those aha moments where you're like, you know, you like take a small breath, like, oh, I think I just got something there. And then you know that God is working in your life. He's the word is transforming your, your, your thoughts. And he's actually speaking to you, speaking to you through the word. And remember the second uh, podcast, we talked about the sower and the seed. Remember the, the cares of this world are driving, um, are, are being, are, are not being effective because the, the, the word is not being effective because of the cares of this world for that for that one man and other things but remember the, but remember the goal here is for God to, to move in your life and for you to bear fruit 30 60 and a hundredfold so as Steve is reading the word daily you know writing thinking about the word spending time with the Lord the word is producing fruit that's exactly right. it's we producing have to something even if he doesn't see a big tree, like a, it's it. We know that the word is trustworthy, so we know that the word is. Do, we just need to hang in there and persevere and allow the word to do what the word does, and we will see some sort of fruit. That's exactly right. Yeah, um, uh, we we have to remember that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, and the 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 way that we seek him is through thought meditation, reading his word, reflecting on the truth, um, reciting the truth, uh, allowing the truth to settle over our hearts and over our lives and over our minds. That's how we develop faith. Uh, we, we have faith. The question is, are we going to have a faith in the truth or a faith in our circumstances, which are temporary and they are dead? Our, our circumstances produce no real life-giving um, faith. And so, well, so much to talk about on this topic, Andrew. Um, we will continue this um, in our next podcast and much more. We are going to get into, uh, eventually we'll be getting into the issues of a man's heart that, that he struggles with and that are, are uh, 
challenges for him that really shake or rally his faith. And we want to we want to allow the word to be that aloe that 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 brings life, that produces life, and that produces victory for us as we step out in faith. So um, great to be with you all this week. We'll be back on our next podcast. And until then, um, have a blessed week and we'll we'll be back. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the Life Beyond the Summit podcast. For more information, visit our website at lifebeyondthesummit.com.